Hello, friends. We're joined by uh, Seth Partnow. He of the wonderful and very important book, The Mid-Range Theory, the director of basketball for StatsBomb and contributor to The Athletic in the really fun, uh, excellently named Nerder She Wrote basketball podcast. How are you doing, Seth? I'm doing all right. Well, you've been on here before, but usually it's a little more meandering. And now I have something sort of specific to ask you. So the other day on a call-in with our friend Jake Fisher, you sort of started talking about why the price point that Jalen Brunson is getting to, which we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Like he could be making a billion, like a billion dollars tomorrow at the way, like this feels like a nuclear arms race where it's just like the, the numbers keep getting higher. And and you said that you really feel like that they're just, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you described a bit that the Mavericks probably should have a walkaway price here. So could you sort of walk me through why that's the case? Because I've been looking like the Mavs books suck for a long time. Uh, well, yes. Um, and the question is, uh, do you want to pile on top of that? Like at some point you do have to, to dig your way out. This is a little bit of the problem that the first LeBron and Cleveland run had was they sort of had bad money and bad money. And then that kind of locks you in. And really, unless you get really lucky with like a late draft pick or like a free agent pops or somebody like a lot of internal improvements, you really like limit the ceiling of, of, of your overall roster if you do that. Um, and that's, and that's sort of the concern. Like I, the way I've been putting it to you and we've talked offline is um do you view the Mavs as a conference finals team or a team that made the conference finals? Like if if they're if you legitimately think that right now they are one of the top five best teams in the league, then locking yourself in doesn't really matter. It's fine. You have to do it. Like when the Bucks re-signed Chris Middleton a couple of years ago, they probably like slightly from a pure production standpoint overpaid but they're good enough and he's integral enough and they have no way to replace him enough that it's fine. If they were still at the point where they were like a 51 win team trying to build, then it becomes problematic because you start to get into well into the tax, a lot of multi-year contracts going out, dirty books, as you're saying, then adding that those extra pieces you need become really hard and that's where you start to get in the cycle of you know not using draft picks to add young talent but to use them for financial flexibility um so, and so so here's my here's my concern so i'm playing yeah. the role of overinvested mavs fan looking at the mavs book luka Doncic starts the first year of his five-year 212 million dollar contract this season it's 22 23 season However, if we're being honest about how the NBA actually operates, he has realistically signed a four-year contract because his fifth year is a player option. Depending on what happens with TV deals and things of that nature, the, the likelihood is that he would opt out to maximize both his earnings and his own potential flexibility and his, uh, his frankly, his just sort of star power and his ability within the organization. Uh, we have a lot of Slovenian fans who love to point out to me that Luka Doncic is an incredibly loyal, loyal player. Shelve that for the time being, guys. Just, just think about this from what other NBA stars have done. So, what the Mavericks have done is that they're they're on a ticking clock. So, if you if if you move on from Brunson now, that sends a pretty awful message at the start of his of his ridiculous 
ridiculous contract. And I just, you know, and granted, I have a hard time seeing like where they improve. It's like the tapping out of the roster aspect does make sense to me, but I also, I just don't see where they go. I mean, in some ways, this is, this is almost less about Brunson than it is about Powell and Porzingis turning mm-hmm. into Dinwiddie and, and Bertans and stuff like that. But, at, but at a certain point you do have to stop digging. And, okay. um, and the, there is, I, I see what you're saying and there probably is a needle to be thread, but is what's the functional difference? You sign Brunson three, three years from now, you've maybe had a second round appearance and the team is kind of stagnated because they have no, no way to add anything else to the team. Mm-hmm. Like functionally, how does that get you in a different place than, uh, you know, then, you know, n- not signing Brunson and having to kind of retool, okay. you know, it's like, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you're, are you trying to, cause really you said it's really a four year deal. I mean, functionally it's three because yeah. if he's, if he wants That's, out, if he wants out, I mean. it's, it's going to be, but is the question is, is it like what you achieve over these next three years or where you are at the end of year three? Okay. Okay. I mean, that's where the, the challenge sort of lies, where it's like, it's excellent that the team made the Western Conference Finals. But as I keep kind of repeating, you don't like the likelihood of repeating in the Western Conference Finals is is low just by like basic math. Like it has nothing to do with like team talent. It's just hard to go back to the Western Conference Finals time and again. And, and I certain- think, but also, I mean, you do have to look at the talent and say, okay, do the, uh, compare to Golden State. No. Compare to the Clippers, if mildly healthy. No compared to phoenix okay you just beat the crap out of phoenix but like on a talent standpoint you know like memphis do you have more talent than memphis like yeah it starts to be arguable but i would lean memphis uh minnesota do you have like okay you got the best player in that but in terms of overall talent so it's it's that's um this is again if if the like there, so there, there's also underpinning this. There's sort of a question about team goals, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm doing this explicitly and not not exactly a championship or bust mentality, but I'm heavily weighting that. Like, if you think that if if like being a second round playoff team and maybe catching a break and making the conference finals and maybe catching two breaks and you know being a ceremonial five or six game loser in the finals to uh to the to a you know to a a you know kind of the heat kind of a heat in the bubble style um if that's if that's fine then you do things differently than if it's like no we are we want to be you know like minimum goal for how good this team is is like how good the Celtics were this year right and that just seems extraordinarily difficult because you know, we, we have one contributor to the site, Xavier, who is a is a basically an acolyte of of Danny LaRue and Nate Duncan and has been heavily advocating that the Mavericks take their medicine this season and do something wild like trade for Westbrook it, just to get out from some of the morass that they have contractually. And I I don't see Dallas doing that. One, because Mark Cuban is a stubborn goat. Two, because I don't think you want to show your franchise superstar that because he like he doesn't like the elements this aspect he doesn't care about 
what 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 could go wrong with showing your franchise that showing that's your franchise superstar? When has that ever happened? Right. Right. I mean, I it's it's just such a frustrating hey, situation. It's something you do once a decade, right? Yeah. Like for clockwork, sure. do it once a day. Only this time soon? it's like the, the, the Well, no, because I mean the loyal like like assuming the loyalty of Luka Doncic, I think is a mistake. Not because I don't think he's loyal, but because it's a different world. Expectations yeah. are different. And so it all comes back to sort of building around Luca and you know, the Mavericks have failed up in so many instances over the last, we're like, we're going through and listing off all the free agency deals that they tried to do that didn't work, that ended up benefiting the team in the long run. And it's, you know, when you get a superstar like Luca, your narrow, like your path for success all of a sudden starts to narrow instead of widening because the expectations rise. And I, I just think this year. That's self-imposed. Not- that's not, that's not real. That's self-imposed. And I think that's the getting back to like, like Cleveland with LeBron, New Orleans mm. with Anthony Davis, maybe New Orleans with Zion. Um, and, and it's really like you, you compare to, I don't think John, like Luke is a better player than John Morant, but you compare to, okay, we're, we're going to, we're pretty good now and we're going to keep being pretty good and, but we're going to not be hasty the way the Memphis and, and they were, I mean, they were set up a little bit better in terms of, you know, they got the, the, like the, the future draft equity hall from, dealing Conley and Gasol that maybe the Mavs didn't have, but still um, that they like going too fast is a problem that catches up to teams so often because what ends up happening is you end up with, okay, well, this player is a key part of our success and we need to keep him. And then you have, you know, Dwight Powell, who's a, fine player like a right. rotation level player but you got you get you get all these guys who are making 12 million 12 million 12 million 12 million guaranteed over two three four years out and all of a sudden it's just like man how do we get better yeah and that's like because i get it because at this point i've prepared myself for all eventualities because it's the price on the price on brunson is you know if you go look at like list salaries like anything above 30 million puts him in rarefied company and he's just not that guy. And what's particularly interesting to me and Zach Lowe talked about this on his podcast today, that there seems to be from some resentment from Brunson for not offering the extension. Well, I I don't entirely like granted now we're getting into a slightly different area, but I don't entirely understand that resentment because he would have been worth more than the extension. He would have been dumb to accept that extension at the time because he was having such a good season. So it's like, it it feels like just like a self-imposed bidding war where the Mavericks are getting caught up. And, you know, I I sort of, in my mind, and I don't know if this has been reported or not, but I sort of think Cuban has like a five for 125 walkaway price. And I don't, and that, and, and that realistically at this point, based on what you're saying is probably too high. And that's just, it's, it's cause like, he's going to go to the Knicks and he's not going to help. Like he's not gonna help the Knicks. Like the, oh, it's, like, you know, if he if he signs like if he signs like a twenty seven million dollar a year contract for the Knicks, like I just act funny. I, I did on my own podcast. I was talking to Fred Katz about this today, and it's like that becomes like the chances of that. I would put the chances of that becoming an albatross contract in nine months at around thirty to forty percent. Yeah, like, I mean he's a good player. It's he's a good just... player, but when you start like if like he's basically if he runs last season back, he barely justifies mid 20s yep yep and he's like a low volume three-point attempt even though he's actually pretty good at it and he's middle of the pack free throw stuff 
and when you go to a team with Randall and with the just prolific bricklayer in uh, RJ Barnett, it, it's it's incredible. Like I I, I had no idea that dude. Forty percent is incredible. That's so bad from the field for a guy who shoots volume. Uh, it's like Jamal Crawford esque late in his career. It's just his twenty twenty two. I don't know. That's a different deal. If, it, but, if, I, if I if I talk about R.J. Barrett, I get myself in trouble, so I won't. You liked R.J. Barrett back in the day, didn't you? I liked him coming out of the draft, and then I, if, if I mean, if you remember when I did my he's a grinder. Draft. He works so hard. Yeah. Like everything about yeah. him is it just it just doesn't. It's it's like two ships passing in the night where his hard work isn't paying off. Well, I mean, the joke has always been like when he's coming into the draft, I can't wait to see him with NBA spacing. And now three years into his career, it's like man, I can't wait to see him with NBA spacing. NBA. So. <laughs> Well, all right. I don't want to take up any more of your time because, you know, by the time I've run this, this may be sort of moot, but NBA offseason is wild. Um, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, plenty of stuff. We can find you on the internet now and again. You run, I don't know, two, three time a week uh, call-ins. If you don't have that app, download it. It is similar to Spotify Live. Uh, fun time. He has on a lot better guests than I do, I'll tell you that much. Um, you got anything you want to plug before you go? Uh let me see. I am uh, just uh, in anticipation. My uh, my version of the player tiers this year is going to come out uh, the week of summer. Do you want, we can talk about that if you want to. I no, let's do it. Let's 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 do it yeah. again a little later because yeah. that's like key off season argument content. Yeah. Because my friends who read you that don't know you, it's like they're the Seth Partnow tears and anything Matt Moore says are the two things which make Mavs Moneyball Slack really angry. So let's, let's look, I'm looking forward to that. Let's go. <laughs> All <laughs> right. I, I, I think, I think that they'll be reasonably happy with where I have Luca, at least everyone else. He looks good. No. You see him in Slovenia. You see the pictures now? Mu- uh, muscle season. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I hate it so much. Cause it's like, do they just cut their uniforms differently? Or is he wearing the Carmelo Anthony flak jacket in the NBA? Like what is happening? Yeah. Uh, All right, Seth, we have yeah. a great day. Thanks so much for joining. Talk Absolutely. soon. Take care.